Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Dave Cornoyer, the man behind Dave Berta, one of the best political blogs in Canada and a fixture of the Edmonton uh, blogosphere for the past 10 years. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me on. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by CKUA Radio, which is about to launch into its fall fundraising drive. And you'll hear more about how you can help support Alberta's original radio later in the show. So Dave Berta is like famous and lots of people know what it is, but I feel like some listeners might not have read Dave Berta. So how do you describe what your blog is about? I focus mainly on Alberta politics, so provincial politics here in Alberta. Uh, because we are in the middle of a federal election right now, or I guess at the tail end of a federal election, uh, I'm writing a little bit more about federal politics now, uh, and I write about municipal politics during municipal elections. But m- my real interest is has been provincial politics in Alberta, and it's just been a wild couple of, of years in Alberta politics, so there has been plenty to write about. Tell me a, the short version of the origin story. Why did you start it? I started... Uh, DaveBerta.ca in, well, actually, I started DaveBerta.blogspot.com in okay. uh, in January of 2005 when I was a student, a political science student at the University of Alberta. And uh, and I didn't start it with really anything in mind. It was, it was funny because back at that point in time, 2004, 2005, blogging was kind of a new thing. And so everybody had a blog. So like all my friends had blogs that they just like post random stuff on. And uh, and I'm sure if, I'm sure they're all deleted now. And I'm sure if you could find what was posted, then it would all be totally embarrassing for everybody. But uh, including my stuff, uh, which is actually still up and probably still embarrassing. <laughs> um, uh, but it, I didn't really have much in mind. It wasn't purely a political blog when I started it. It quickly evolved into, because I was interested in Alberta politics, it quickly became focused on Alberta politics because that's what I was interested in writing about. And and that's really what I was studying in university as well. How has your blog changed since those early days when you were kind of just learning your way around the medium? Uh, well, uh, I'm no longer on Blogspot. I'm no yeah. longer on Blogger. I've, I've about uh, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I moved to a WordPress template, which is feels a lot more flexible and looks a lot more professional and 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 uh, really fit what I was looking for uh, with the ability to change templates and, and manage uh, HTML, CSS, that kind of thing. Um, and also there are more people reading the blog now. Right. Uh, it was funny, about, I don't know, about six or seven years ago, there seemed to be a real like peak point where there were dozens of people writing about, dozens of Alberta politics blogs. Uh, and this I think this would have been... Um, during the, I think during the Tory leadership race in 2006 or 2007, and then the next Tory leadership race, there seemed to be a lot of people who had, who had blogs and were writing about Alberta politics. And then they would kind of die out in between the elections or die out in between the leadership races. And, and um, I, just, I just kept on writing. But now there doesn't seem to be very many political blogs. And I think that, I mean, a lot of people who are on, online have migrated to other, for, other, other mediums like Twitter or Facebook to promote themselves and, and promote their political views and, and write about politics. But there doesn't seem to be very many political blogs left yeah, in Alberta. True. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, there are a lot of blogs focusing on Canadian politics and international politics, um, but purely just Alberta politics. There aren't that, I mean, there are a few, there are, but there, there just don't seem to be that many anymore. So what do you attribute that to? Do you think it's because the conversation moved to Twitter and Facebook, and so that kind of bled the energy away from some of the people that were doing it on their blog? I, th- I think that's probably part of it. I mean, it's a lot easier. It's a lot less time intensive to run a Twitter account 
sometimes than uh, than than writing a, writing you know standard blog posts you know 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 words a couple times a week that takes time and yeah. energy uh, and I think that's part of it is that you know there is a wide audience on Twitter there's a wide audience on on you can create a wide audience on Facebook so I think a lot of that that was part of it I think it was was less time intensive and a lot easier and in, and uh, and intuitive for for a lot of people um, but I enjoy writing kind of longer form blog posts and I feel that. I have a lot more flexibility in terms of, of what I can write about and, uh, and, and that I can actually go into detail that, you know, you might not read in, uh, in uh, a newspaper because it's my, my audience is more specific mm-hmm. than a general newspaper. I mean, the, the, you know, papers like the Edmonton Sun or the Edmonton Journal are speaking to broader audiences. I'm speaking to the, a group of political nerds and politically interested people. So I, can, I, I feel like I, I have a little more... Um, uh, of a receptive audience when I write about the totally nerdy details that the 90% of the people who, you know, would read the Edmonton Journal just aren't really interested in. Right, right. And you also take full advantage of the medium's ability to link. So you go, if if someone wanted to go down a lot of rabbit holes, they could find their entry point through a post of yours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do tend, tend to use a lot of links and, and try to, I mean, try to provide useful links uh, to information, whether it be the government website or... or or reports, or um, uh, even I mean, news stories as well. Um, to try to I try to provide as much information as possible, and I try to write in a way that and provide the information in a way that anybody can who's just starting to read my blog on one post, like say they started wanted to read it today, start reading about Alberta politics today, they would they would kind of they would have 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 a, have a good understanding of, of Alberta politics. I try not to write above people, so I try to right. write in a way that that's simplistic. I try to stay away from acronyms. Um, and and political language that's confusing for people who are not in in the uh, in the bubble. So it's for a group of nerds, but it's accessible to anybody. That's my goal. That's your goal. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not. You know, I don't always accomplish it, but that's that's my goal. And I mean, sometimes it's hard to accomplish it when you're talking about, uh, you know, the nuances of things. And I mean, with politics, so much is is nuanced, and there's so much con- contextual. Um, so much context that, yeah. that you need to remember when you're talking about politics as well. Yeah. Have you found that the conversation has migrated from your comments uh, area on your post to social media? Yes. Uh, I find when, um, I mean, I do get, still do get a lot of comments on my blog and there, there's conversations that will happen on my blog, but, but it's funny when, because I started writing this blog in 2005 before Twitter existed and before I think Facebook had just was just starting. I think it was called the Facebook. Right. I remember when it came to the University of Alberta, uh, you need like a at ualberta.ca email address to sign up. So me and all my buddies signed up to Facebook and it was such a novel thing. And yeah. now, now it just seems so annoying and so <laughs> overwhelming at this point because everybody's on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I do find that because I do have a, a Twitter a Twitter account that I use to promote my blog and share links to my blog. And I do have a Facebook page as well that I post uh, links to my blog and links to other interesting news articles um, and goings on. Uh, but um, I do find that people will comment on Twitter or people will comment on, on Facebook rather than commenting on my blog. But I do know because I follow analytics that they are reading my blog. So they're, you know, a lot of time, most of the time reading the post and then commenting on Facebook afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, you know, social media like, uh, you know, social networks like Twitter and Facebook are great for uh, allowing people to share I share blog posts and share information, and that's that's you know I, I a huge chunk of my readership comes from from people on uh, who are using social media to share a post on Facebook or share a retweet on on Twitter, 
uh, it's funny to kind of, because I started the blog before uh, these, these social networks existed, it's funny to kind of reflect on the, on the evolution of how yeah. blogging uh, was shared back in 2005 or 2006. And I remember there were, there were all these blog aggregator websites. So, and there were all these kind of funny, uh, and some of them still exist, but they were, you know, political blogs. So there was, um, uh, one of them actually still exists. It's progressivebloggers.ca. And it's just a website with a bunch of aggregate, it's an aggregator website with a bunch of, I don't know, dozens of Canadian blogs. Right. Progressive leaning blogs uh, that you can find links to and then their new posts are, are posted up on there. Um, but there were all sorts of aggregators. I think there was like albertablogs.ca and, and then there were all these, all the part, all the political parties had their own, like, so you had like the blogging Tories and oh. the blogging dippers and like the blogging, the lib blogs, I think were the liberals, <laughs> the liberal parties. So they had all these like political, it was like this weird blogosphere that existed before social media. And that's yeah. how, that's how you found political blogs. I'm sure there were the aggregators for all sorts of other, yeah. all sorts of other blogs as well. But that was this kind of online community that existed before Twitter and Facebook. And, and uh, it's been interesting to watch how that's kind of migrated and kind of totally, de- everything's totally decentralized now because of yeah. it. Uh, the other thing that's happened during your tenure as a blogger is you've become a pundit. You've been a, been a guy that people go to to say, explain Alberta, what's going on in Alberta politics for us. Do you remember the first time someone asked you to come on a radio or TV show to talk about politics? Yeah, you know, I think I did a, I think one of the first interviews I did was with Archie McLean at the Journal. When he had, when he was still at the Journal, he did a uh, I know they have their the the press gallery podcast now, but I think Archie actually did like a series of podcasts back in must have been two thousand seven or two thousand eight, and uh, and I think he I, he interviewed me with, for one of those podcasts. And we talked about blogging, we talked about po- Alberta politics, and and I think that might have been one of the first times I was interviewed by the media. The other one was uh, in the two thousand seven municipal election. The CBC did a kind of live blog through or blog throughout the election, the municipal election. So I wrote some blog posts for, for CBC. And so that was, I was that, I think 2006 or 2007 was probably the first time. And that's the long answer to your, your, short, <laughs> your short question. Do you like it? I do enjoy it. I mean, I love talking about politics yeah. and, uh, and I mean, I, you know, I try to be informative. I, I'm very clear that, you know, that my blog is my opinion. You know, I'm trying to be informative and a lot of what I'll post is, uh, and a lot of what I'll write about will kind of be in a neutral manner if I'm just posting information, but I do write opinion pieces. So um, that's the, you know, the one big disclaimer that I have on my blog is that it is my blog. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not trying to be a neutral journalist in the kind of traditional sense of the term. I'm trying to um, write about politics in an interesting way and, and provide my opinion because it's interesting to me and that's why I'm writing it. Do you ever get criticism to say that where people forget you're a blogger and have expectations of objectivity or neutrality that they ascribe to journalists? Well, I think if you're being a pundit, uh, you're pretty boring if you're neutral. That's true. Because you're supposed to be talking, you're supposed to be giving your opinion. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I try to be informative, as I said, informative and entertaining at the same time. But uh, I mean, I've I've never, never shied away from explaining to people that, 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 that part of it is, is me explaining my opinion. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. The other thing about, um, Blogging is transparency is the new objectivity, as they said. So, um, or somebody said at some point along the way. <laughs> so you don't, uh, you're just very clear about where your allegiances are and what your past is and what mm-hmm. would lead you to have your opinions, which mm-hmm. is different sometimes from other people who are even even columnists in, in newspapers. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've very clear. I mean, there's a I've kind of a, bio, a biography I've written to myself on my on my blog. Um, you know, I've used to work for the Liberal Party. I've been involved in different political parties. I helped. Was that I was involved in the in the the, the initial formation of the Alberta what is now the Alberta Party uh, a few years ago. I mean, I'm not a member of any political party right now. I'm not involved in any political party, but. I mean, those those experiences have definitely helped shape my opinion on politics and, and helped shape the reason why I'm not involved in any political party right now. So when you started Dave Berta in 2005, there was a progressive conservative provincial government and no prospect of anything being different at all. And that was the case for most of your tenure. And then all of a sudden we have an NDP government. So has that changed at all the way that you approach the blog? Well, I mean, up, up until about... Six months ago, there you know you would have I I thought the Progressive Conservatives would have been reelected and, and Jim Prentice would probably still be premier right now with a big majority. You know the the fact that the NDP won the election leaves gives me a lot to write about. Yeah, uh, and it has been interesting post uh, because I mean I do consider myself a progressive politically progressive in my opinions, um, and having you know for ten years written about politics in a very conservative-leaning political environment, all of a sudden we have a, have a progressive government. And, uh, you know, how do, how do I, I, I don't, I haven't, I don't think I've really changed how I write about politics. Um, I mean, I'm definitely more sympathetic to uh, the, some of the policies, a lot of the policies promoted by the new government and, and the politics promoted by the new government. Um, whether they actually go through with their policies is, is another question and something that I, I feel as a progressive, I have to hold them to as well. And so it's one of my responsibilities is I've been writing about why the government of Alberta, why Alberta politics should be more progressive for, for 10 years. And now we have a progressive government. Uh, I, you know, I feel some responsibility to, to, to hold them to account and actually yeah. make sure that, that they are progressive and that they do follow, follow, uh, follow up with a lot of the promises that they have made during the election. Has the conversation changed any in your, in your comments or on social media as far as um, people's reaction to what you write? It's been interesting in Alberta politics over the past uh, over the past few months. I think there are a lot of conservatives, politically engaged conservatives, who've never lost an election before, right? And now they're going through the grief of having lost an election and not being in government. And I yeah. think that you know, after you know, to to be fair, in somewhere to be fair to them, after forty four years in government, that's all you know, and that's yeah. all that's all you're used to, and you don't know any different. But th- that's democracy. Is that you know the people of Alberta chose a new government, and the government was not the one that belonged to a you know a conservative party. So that's just something people have to get used to. You can criticize the government, and the government will deserve critic- a lot of criticism, I'm sure. Um, you know, any any government that is the first new party in 44 years is going to make mistakes, and and they're going to make mistakes regardless of that anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's been interesting to see the reaction of of people on social media, of of the opposition parties, of of conservative commentators who all of a sudden don't have a uh, you know an ideologically conservative government in power and and the people who are in government and people who are in power aren't automatically receptive to everything that that conservatives are talking about yeah uh, so I think that that's been an interesting thing to watch in and uh, and reflect on since the election a few months ago one of the great public services that you render for us is when an election is called or expected, you start a running list of everybody who is seeking the nomination or gets the nomination. And I find it's the only list I can usually find out on the internet when I need it or when I used to need it when I was in the newsroom. Uh, What made you start doing that and how much work is it? Uh, Well, I originally started, I think it might have been actually back in the 2007 municipal election. And it's because because I I was already tracking 
candidates and tracking people who are running for, for party nominations in provincial and federal elections anyway. So I decided if I'm doing all the work and tracking these through spreadsheets, I might as well put them on, put it online. Uh, and what I found is, quickly discovered is, is that it, it also generated a lot of traffic because people were, it was the only place on the internet where people could find who was running for, a, a list of who was running for, uh, you know, political party nominations in the provincial and federal level and for, for city council before the official lists were tallied and before yeah. the, the elections offices posted the list after on, on nomination day. It's been interesting for me too because I'm actually really interested in seeing who's running for nominations and, and uh and it's good content to write about. And, and I think it's, I mean, yeah, it is a public service as people should have easy access to know who's running to running for political office. Is there a difference between po- the kind of posts that you like to write the most and the kind of posts that get the most traffic? I think it really depends on the issue. My rule is I won't write something unless, unless I find it interesting, unless I find it valuable for myself, really, because I'm... I mean, this is not my full-time job. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, if I find it boring, I'm not going to write about it. Uh, but it is interesting to see what uh, gets a lot of uh, a lot of readership. And there's, I mean, there's certain kinds of posts and certain kinds of topics. I mean, anytime there's a big contentious debate in Alberta, I mean, last year, for example, during the uh, the debate around legislating gay-straight alliances in Alberta schools, that got a lot of traffic because people from across, really across the world were interested in what was going on because you're having these similar debates in, in the United States, similar debates in other parts of Canada and, and other parts of the world as well. Um, so traffic was, it spiked during that. Anything having to do with any of the scandals related to Alice and Redford were uh, definitely generated a lot of, a lot of traffic. Um, and then, of course, during the election campaigns, my uh, the readership goes up because people are interested in in, in politics yeah. more during you know more people are interested in politics during the election campaign because it's right in your face. Yeah. So, would you want it to be your day job? You know, I've thought about this. I guess I'd have to figure out how I could actually make a living for it and how I could actually make money. I uh, for the longest time, I um I didn't have ads on my blog, and just recently, and I think I'm actually I might I don't want to be like violating any contract I have with Google, but I've actually because <laughs> I think there's like a little. You know, uh, in the terms of in you know the the terms for the for the for the ads, you're not supposed to mention that you have ads in your blog. But I I've I recently put Google ads on my blog, just as a way to subsidize yeah. the, the server costs yeah. and, and as a break, to make it as a break even prospect. Because generally at this point, it's been me just paying for it through my own my my the other work I do in my life. So yeah. um, this way, it's at least I can try to subsidize it and and have some kind of cost recovery. Someone were willing to pay me, you know, uh, a substantial sum of money to keep writing like this, I definitely consider it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I guess I'd have to see, look at see what the what the future prospects are. Because there's a couple ways to go about that, right? There's full on ad support, which you'd probably have to sell ads rather than just handing it over to Google if you yeah. wanted to make enough more than server costs or a subscription, right? Like yeah. There, there's some examples of political newsletter based businesses. Paul McLaughlin, I think, still does that. Mm -hmm. Did that ever tempt you? I mean, I do think it's an interesting model. I mean, um, Paul McLaughlin does really good work through his his, uh, Alberta Scan newsletter. Uh, But I think for me, I've been providing this content for free for 10 years, and it just wouldn't feel right to all of a sudden put up a paywall or subscription wall. I mean, I think if if there were any reason I'd do something like that, it would be to provide an extra service or an extra some kind of extra value that's not writing, not the blog post, but maybe an extra service, an extra, you know, a uh, similar newsletter or something yeah. like that, or, or a, a presentation or something. Yeah. 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 Which is something I de- I've definitely thought about. And, 
And I mean, I do speak with a, with a lot of groups and a lot of organizations about Alberta politics. So that's interesting. What else is on the horizon for Dayberta? What would what else would you like to do in the next year, say? Well, I mean, there's there's no shortage of things to write about in in Alberta politics. So I'm definitely going to keep on writing about Alberta politics. Uh, I have been throwing around the idea of of starting a podcast, uh, and it's something an idea that I've thrown around for a few years, uh, and it's just a matter of of sitting down and, and making time for it. So I'm not going to you know, announce that I'm launching a podcast right now. But but it's definitely something that, that I'm, I'm interested in and uh, and I've been talking to a, a lot of people and, and um, people who do podcasting in Edmonton about to get some some ideas and feedback on, on some of the things that uh, that I might approach. Well, I can guarantee you one, one for sure listener every single time that you put one out if you did do a podcast. And oh, I'm sure you. there would be lots of other ones. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break and when we come back, we'll hear about... Uh, the local blogs and such that Dave recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by CKUA Radio, and today I'm talking to CKUA Content Director David Ward. Welcome. Thank you. What role does CKUA play in Alberta's radio landscape? We occupy a very small but important niche. Our niche is serving uh, the, a specific music-loving community in the province who are, uh, some of whom are prepared to support our efforts through direct financial contribution. So before we get into how you get that financial contribution, mm-hmm. what do you love about CKUA? I love that it provides uh, a bit of a sonic window on a pretty wide swath of music. And a place for local artists to hear themselves on the radio. Oh, very much so. We have been proud. We're not, no one forces us to do this. We, we love supporting uh, those who are making music in Alberta. October 15th to 25th, how can people donate? We've seen a, a great rise in the number of people who pledge online over the years at our website at ckua.com. Uh, but we certainly love the activity in the phone rooms. We have um, volunteers join us for the 10 days. And the phone number has been the same, I think, since might have been from the very first campaign in 1987. It's 1-800-494-2582. And for those who have old-style telephones, if you look at the keypad, 2582 is CKUA. Be sure to listen to CKUA Radio online or at 94.9 FM in Edmonton. And you can also find interviews and live music at soundcloud.com slash CKUA Radio. And be sure to donate during the drive at CKUA.com. Okay, we're back. What uh, local blogs do you like to read? Uh, well, I don't. I don't read a lot of local blogs. I mean, there there's some that I do. I mean, I read um, Mac Mail's blog, Master Mac, uh, because it's, it's always in tons of information and a lot of information about uh, municipal and civic issues, city council, and what's going on. And I find Mac's a really good writer. Um, and another blog I read is the uh, AlbertaPolitics.ca blog, which is David Klemenhaga's blog that also focuses on Alberta politics. And uh, I think we might. We might be the two people who actually write blog about Alberta politics. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, check out Kleiman Hager's blog, AlbertaPolitics.ca. It's quite good. Uh, uh, he's a, he's a very talented writer and has some good insights. And is is a little more uh, sometimes he's a little more punchy than I am. So it's uh, it's a, it's entertaining. Yeah, that's true. That's true. How about podcasts? What do you like to listen to? Oh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is the. Uh, uh, Slate Political Gab Fest, yeah, and uh, and I think it's uh, 
it's a really good format and really informative and uh, and entertaining at the same time. Uh, I listened to uh, the Expats pod- podcast that Adam Rosenhart is doing, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've re- been really been enjoying that. I've actually thought about uh, you know maybe in the future I'll I'll move out of Canada and become an expatriate just so I can <laughs> be a guest on Adam Rosenhart's Expats podcast, um, <laughs> which which is a lot of work, and I'm sure I could just you know convince him to talk to me. And, I, and, I think and, so, and yeah. Be, that would probably be easier and, and less less financially straining for me. And better for us. We and, want to keep you here. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I like it. I like Canada. I like Edmonton. <laughs> uh, other podcasts. I listen to uh, the, um, it's called More or Less. Oh. And it's BBC puts it out. And they put it out, I think once a week they do a, like a 30-minute podcast. And then uh, in, in between they do about nine, nine minute breakdowns of what they talked about. And basically it's looking at numbers and, and numbers, facts and figures thrown around in the media. And they'll do an analysis to say, is this actually correct? They had one on the refugee crisis, for example. And this is a British podcast. So they're talking about, about the United Kingdom and they'll talk about, you know, is they look at the, at the actual numbers that the number of refugees that say, uh, Britain has accepted and the number who are trying to migrate to Britain. And then compare that with what the politicians are talking about. Oh, okay. And they'll try to debunk, you know, numbers of... numbers that are thrown around. And it's quite a good podcast. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm trying to think. I listen to listen to quite a few podcasts. Uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History yeah. has been one of my favorite podcasts for, uh, I don't know, eight or nine years now. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's, um, it's they're, they're long-form history podcasts. So sometimes he puts out four or five podcasts on one ish one topic one historical topic that are each an hour long and sometimes he'll put out one that is four hours long wow and there are some particularly good ones about talking about the fall of the roman empire and uh, and then genghis khan and you know the, the 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 second world war the first world war uh really really engaging he's a really engaging storyteller and uh an amateur historian, and I find that they're quite good podcasts. And, and he puts out, I think he puts out like four a year maybe because right. it's, it's so much work to actually go through and, yeah. and look at the sources and, and, and then actually create these hour-long or four-hour-long podcasts. So I definitely recommend, uh, recommend Dan Carlin's uh, uh, Hardcore History, which is for political nerds and history nerds is a, <laughs> is a great, uh, great listen. Is there anything in, that you wish existed in Edmonton's blogosphere or podcastosphere that like somebody out there go make this I would totally consume it I don't know that's a hard question to I answer know, I don't I, I don't I left off the top of my head I don't I, know I, what I, you don't know but like like hardcore Alberta history would you listen to that oh I totally listen to that yeah 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 I um yeah that's actually a pretty good idea maybe that'll be my <laughs> podcast I uh, I spoke at at nerd night uh, yeah. a few a few a few about a month ago I gave basically gave a brief history of Alberta politics to, from uh, from Alexander Rutherford and and the formation of Alberta and the railway scandal that took him down. You know, people don't know that Alexander Rutherford actually like was, you know, forced out, had forced to resign. I mean, he's he's seen as you know very he was the president of the University of Alberta, a very well respected figure. But no, it was like a railway scandal that took him down. And I mean, like in you know 1910, like yeah, they had railway scandals. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, going from 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 Rutherford to United Farmers of Alberta to the the. Uh, you know, the seduction and sex scandal that took down Premier Brownlee, which I think a lot of people don't know about. I mean, this is the 1930s. It was sensational, um, you know, to the social credit and then all, all the strange kind of economic theories, you know, the A plus B theorem and and, uh, and trying to nationalize the banks and print our own money uh, and all the strange things that social credit did to the 
44 years of the progressive conservative government and, and how we got to where we are now with, with an NDP government. Uh, so that was actually, I actually had a lot of fun yeah. and, and I really, uh, really appreciated the opportunity to speak at Nerd Night. And it was great. They're great. If you ever get a chance to go to a Nerd Night, uh, definitely go because they're, they're, you know, it's not just politics and history. It's, it's everything. Um, highly entertaining. And, uh, and so, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's an idea. Maybe that's something I'll, uh, I'll, I'll approach because uh, I do love history and I do love, uh, love politics. That's awesome. Yeah. Think hard about that. I, I will. I would really yeah, like you, that. Yeah, you, you planted a seed. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, make sure you visit Dave's blog at daveberta.ca, and you can find him on Twitter at Dave Cornwye, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash daveberta. I got those right. That's right. That's th right. Th thank you so much for having me on You're today. welcome. It's so fun. Uh, links to all of these things and Dave's recommendations will be on the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. If you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com, you'll get complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. And we're having a podcaster meetup on October 24th at Variant Edition. Search for Edmonton Podcasting Meetup and you'll find the details. Maybe we'll lure Dave there and teach him how to be a podcaster. I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening.